Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Prairie Dumpster, the best motherfucking podcast in the goddamned world, hosted by me, the best guy in the world, Tyler Penner, and I lie when I say that this is the best podcast in the world. It's not. It's not. We are currently ranked 700. And 13,896th in the world. I looked it up. Because we are falling. We're falling in the rankings. This podcast lacks uh, inspiration. This podcast lacks a clear direction. It lacks something. It lacks prep work. It lacks a good host. It lacks comedy. It lacks a bunch of shit. And we need to change things up in this bitch. Because this thing is sinking. It is falling this ship is dying do you understand that this podcast is dying this podcast is dead this podcast died no one's listening to this it's not picking up any steam it never had any steam but what's scary is that now it's losing its chance of even getting steam this podcast doesn't even know what steam is this podcast is awful this is the worst podcast in the goddamn world I hate this podcast. I hate anyone that listens to this podcast. This podcast is so bad. I'm I'm joking. This podcast is not bad. It's got potential. But it it does need something. It needs a little zimph. Zimph? That can't be a word. Let's look that up. Zimph. Zimph. Z-I-M-P-H. Zip. Law, not Zimpf, but Zipf's law is an empirical law that often holds approximately when a list of measured values is sorted in decreasing order. It states that any value of nth entry is inversely proportional to n. Do you see how bad this podcast is? I am literally talking about Zipf's law. It's a mathematical law. Um, and I don't know what that means. Some German came up with it. Uh, there's a Zimf on Instagram. He's got 2,600 followers. See, I just create. I just made up a word. I said Zimf. And he's a gamer who's got literally 10 times as many followers as I have. And um, and all he does is do memes of and and have pictures of his feet walking. You see? You see? You see, this podcast lacks zimph. It ha- it, it's missing a certain panache. What does panache mean? Maybe that's what this podcast will be. It'll just be me looking up words, because I use a lot of words that I don't know what they mean. Panache. Did you mean panache? Yes, I did. An ornamental tuft of as of feathers, especially on a helmet. I guess it means like a decoration. Panache lingerie. Let's, let's see what this is. Swimwear company perfectly suited to the D plus women. Maybe this site will tell me what panache means. Um, hmm. Wow. Okay. It's not telling me what panache means. But uh, I am getting some inspiration here. I'm not going to lie. 
lot of inspiration. Oh God, I just inspired in my pants. Anyways, um, so here's what we're gonna do. We are going to um, just re- not redo the whole podcast, but we, I need to put some goddamn work into this fucking thing, don't I? I mean, oh man, Ben Walker's calling. I'm recording the podcast right now. Should I accept this? He's not going to want on. Maybe you will. I'm going to call him back. I'm going to call him back. God damn it. Sorry, coach. That's the old ball coach, Ben Walker, calling in. He's probably walking somewhere. Every time he calls me, he's either in the subway or he's like near a tornado or he's like close to the freedom convoy it's always insanely loud and then i'll just hear him uh uh ranting about the ottawa comedy scene and it is still hilarious that's how funny the old ball coach is really that guy if you want a funny hang if you're like three drinks deep and you you're not in the mood to talk you just want to listen to someone get the old ball coach ben walker give him a couple of mushroom chocolates and just let that guy go. He will talk you into hysterics. He's hilarious. He, This guy is hilarious. We were at the bar one time, me and the old ball coach. This is back when he still drank. He quit drinking. He's, he's, he hasn't drank for like two years now. And he didn't make a big show out of it. One day he was just like, eh, I got to stop. And then he did. And then he just did. He just stopped drinking. What a fucking guy. But back when he did drink, we were at the Handsome Daughter one time. That's a bar here in Winnipeg for all my fucking listeners in Paris and Tokyo. Um, we're at the Handsome Daughter, and we're leaving. And Coach Coach is determined to talk with some women. So he's like, give me 10 minutes, dude. 10 minutes, we'll go in there. We'll shoot the shit. It'll be good. I'm like, all right, 10 minutes. So 10 minutes goes by. I'm like, okay, Coach, I'm out of here. I got to go. He goes, come on, one more beer, one more beer, one more beer. So I'm like, okay, fine, one more beer. We have one beer. He's going around. He's talking. We're shooting this shit. This beer lasts like 45 minutes. So finally, I'm outside. I'm having a dart. I'm like, Coach, I am leaving it now. This is it. We're, I'm out of here. This is the last call. He, and he, he's like, just give me two minutes. Give me two minutes. I'm like, no. He's like, give me one minute. Give me one. Eventually, he was asking me for 15 seconds. He was like, give me 15 seconds. I'm like, what? Who, who are you going to pull in 15 seconds, coach, we're leaving, and we're leaving now. And we did. And I dropped him off at Shoppers. And I'm sure he got a bunch of Skittles and Nibs, because that was his drunken late-night thing. And I booked it right over to Subway. Got an entire sub. That's why he's in shape and I'm not. You know what I mean? He went for the little finger treats, and I went for, like, I need a meal. That's where we differed. What was I saying? What was I talking about? I was talking about panache lingerie, and I was talking about giant, giant dangling jugs. And then I was talking about how great those panache jugs were. And now I'm talking about how this podcast needs something special. It needs a certain jug. Um... And that jug is going to be some preparation. We're going to start preparing shit, and we're going to do little bits. I'm going to I'm going to use this as a vehicle for my skits. 
my comedy skits. Because I do comedy. And I do little skits. So I'm going to do little skits for you. Uh, here's one. Uh, uh, hey, put that, put that knife away. No. Anyways, that... <laughs> That's that's a work in progress. That's that's not that funny yet, but um, but it's that's my style of comedy. Um, but that's what this podcast is going to be. It's just going to be me workshopping various skits, like the one you just heard. Um, funny stuff. Funny stuff. Here's a one. This is just a loose premise that I was working on. But um, so this guy goes into like this shopping mall or whatever. And then some random guy out of nowhere goes, he's got a gun. And then this guy goes, <laughs> and that's a different sketch that I'm working. It needs a punchline. It needs a, I might, I'll give it to Matt Nightingale to, you know, punch it up. He's a good writer and he can usually, he usually makes things funnier than what they were. Oh, 9-11. I'm nine seconds, nine minutes and 11 seconds into the podcast when I said 9-11. And um, and I'm not gonna lie, I still refuse to forget. I still remember that day. I remember 9/11, where I was. I was in the Steinbach Regional Secondary School, in the throes of the worst year of my life. Steinbach is a town. It's a city. They call it a city. In America, it would never be a city. In America, it would be just some other fucking trailer, trash, backwards-ass, church-fucking-hick town that no one gave a shit about, that everyone would call just the salt of the earth. Those people are just the salt of the earth. They'll open their door for you. They'll put a shirt on your back and give you a bowl of gravy. <sighs> But here in, in Manitoba, that's a city. And I don't buy all that small-town bullshit. There are small towns that are cool. But for the most part, um, this one in particular, Steinbeck, and I don't give a fuck if I never get a Steinbeck listener in my life. That town blows. That town is awful. And it's not just a town that, well, the town sucks, but the people are great. No, the people suck there. All right, and I'm not saying that all small towns suck and all people suck. It's awful. It, that that's not true at all. all. Right, go to other small towns. Uh, you know, for the most part, they they are salt of the earth people. You know, they got corn on the cob. They got uh, you know, milk. They're good people. They really are. No joke. They play baseball, drinking bush parties, and they're they're good. Jesus Christ. My window's open again. Sounds like a train just derailed. But Steinbeck in particular, I hate that town, and I hope it gets nuked someday. But it wasn't on that day. I was in Steinbeck Regional Secondary School. And I was in a I was in an electrical class. Because it was a shops class. It was like a trade school type thing. Right? They were preparing nobody for a university there. It was all 100%. Hey, you want to work on cars or you want to work with lumber? 
Those are your two options here. Um, any course you took was geared to like, okay, biology, here's where lumber comes from. All right, chemistry, here's how lumber is made. Okay, physics, here's what you can do with lumber. <sighs> that school sucked. Um, but I was in an electrical class, and I was failing. And then the principal came over the sound PA thing, speaker, newly, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, students, a plane has just hit the World Trade Center. And I went, oh, man, I bet you it's terrorists. I literally said that. I said those words after the first plane hit. I said, I bet you it's terrorists. And the guy beside me, my friend for the year, he was like the guy. Me and him were both fucking losers. We had nobody there, even though everyone was a fucking loser. But we actually like the losers thought we were the losers. But the guy who I was with, he was actually a loser. He wasn't a loser, but he was just, man, like, you ever, like, make a friend and you fucking hate him? <laughs> That's what this guy was. He was just like, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're friends, I guess. I fucking, you suck. He sucked. Everything I did, like, he, he would treat me like, okay. <laughs> like, I was dumb. And that's what he did this time. I was like, hey, the, 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 it sounds like terror. I bet you it's terrorists. And he looked at me and he went, yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, maybe I'm an idiot. And then the second plane hit. I was like, see, told you. And he was walking away and he went, okay. <laughs> Fucking asshole. And then I was I went to the library and we were all watching it around a TV screen and the building the first tower had just collapsed. Or the, no no both towers were still burning at that point. And then uh, what happened? I went to A and W for lunch, which I was stoked because I grew up in New Bothwell, and it's a even like that's a tiny town. But that was that town was so tiny that it was kind of cool. It was like uh, it was like creepy vibes. Like they had a trailer park there. A bunch of shady shit happened. Uh, you know, there's rumors about like a, a murder being done in town. Everyone was kind of suspicious of each other. Everyone was really paranoid, you know. And everyone talked shit. And they, they, nobody got along in that town. And it was fucking awesome. It was great. New Bothwell, really creep vibes. And they had the cheese factory, so everyone had cheese. So everyone was just paranoid, holding a gun in one hand and a cheese curd in the other, going squeak, 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 squeak. It was just cheese curds and headshots. It was great. That's the title for the episode this week, Cheese Curds and Headshots. There we go. But Steinbeck was a shithole town. They thought that they were like, hey, we're like Winnipeg. We're like the big deal. Even though their whole fucking economy revolved around, you know, buttermilk. Oh, 
God, I hate those town. I hate that town. I hate those people. But I thought that it would be kind of like coming from the Boswell to Steinbeck. That would be kind of like, you know, getting into the big city. I'll be able to walk to a restaurant. I'll, I'll be able to walk from school and get fast food. It'll be fucking awesome. Like any other kid in any other city did. Cause city kids took that for granted. Just being able to walk to like a 7-Eleven and get some food. Or walk to like a McDick's and get food. You guys took that for granted. Kids who grew up in the city. Because kids, country kids, we didn't have that privilege. Whatever was in the lunch, that was it. And if you had a store, like sometimes the store would suck. You know what I mean? You'd go in there, they wouldn't have anything. They'd have one bag of chips. It was like regular. Like you had to get regular. They had one drink, but it was like, you know, Orbitz. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'll get a bag of chips and an Orbitz. What kind of chocolate bar is it? Bounty? Yeah, okay, I'll get a Bounty. Is that the one? The one chocolate bar you have is a Bounty? All right. Yeah, I'll take two Bounties. Meanwhile, all the city kids are eating taquitos and fucking double quarter pounders. It's incredible. But once I got to Steinbeck, I thought, hey, lottie fucking da. I'm going to be able to walk to a fast food place and get myself a burger. And on 9-11, I did. I tried it out for the first time. I thought, hey, we got a situation going on here. We, You know, America's going to war. Terrorists are attacking us. Who knows how long this A&W is going to be up and running for. So I thought, fuck it. I'm going to go. I'm going to get myself a pop burger and a Coke. And I'll be back in time for class. I got an hour for lunch. It'll be no problem. Well, I underestimated how long it takes to walk for me. And so it took me a good 40 minutes to get there. And this was in town. It's still, it's still for me, it was like a 40 or 40 minute walk, half an hour walk. It was a long ways away. And I got the burger and I wolfed it down on the way back to school and I was spilling Coke all over myself. I didn't enjoy any of it. Finally, I threw the Coke away and I had to start running because I was extremely late for class. And when you miss class, they kind of, you know, they make a big deal out of it. And then I got lost. I got lost in a graveyard back on my way back to school because Steinbeck is so fucking gay. (laughs) Such a dumb town. That I got lost in a graveyard. They literally had three sides of this graveyard fenced off. And you only found out that it was fenced off when you were like a kilometer into it. So I walked into this graveyard. And it was, yeah, I walked into the, by headstone. I thought I was like, oh, I'll take a quick shortcut. But then I got to the fence. There was no getting out. I had to walk a kilometer back. I was So, so anyways... I just skipped that class, and then I figured, you know what, fuck it, I'll just skip my next class too. So I skipped that one, so I could go to the library and keep watching 9-11. And by this time I had missed both buildings fall down, I had missed the whole thing about the Pentagon, I don't know, it was all aftermath now. So I would missed the big show, the big reveal. And then I took the bus home, and I got home, and my parents were like, um, 
you know, my mom was like, hey, Tyler, did you see what happened? And I was like, and I was like kind of, you know, contrarian. I was whatever. My response to her, I don't know what I was, but my response to her was, yeah, pretty sweet. (laughs) I actually did that. I actually said, it's pretty sweet. (laughs) And right away she reprimanded me. It's like, Tyler, a lot of people lost their lives today. But I was I, the only reason I said it was pretty sweet was because it was like a massive event. It was I knew it was going to be this was a global thing. Like this was our fucking moon landing type Challenger explosion shit. I was stoked that something had finally of that caliber had finally happened while I was alive. But she reprimanded me like crazy, so I went downstairs and kept watching nine eleven. And then she comes downstairs, she gives me shit because she got a call from school because I had skipped a couple of classes. And I told her, I skipped it to watch 9-11. And she was like, that's no excuse. Stop using 9-11 as an excuse. Which I still do today. I still use 9-11 as an excuse. But it sucks because that science class that I skipped, they were watching 9-11 the whole time. They were just watching it. So I skipped for nothing. And that's why 9-11 was a terrible day for me, personally. 9-11, a horrible day. Steinbeck, a horrible town. What a horrible year. Do you understand what a horrible the grade 10 was for me? That was an awful, 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 awful year. I had survived New Bothwell Elementary School and Middle School. And finally, and don't get me wrong, I had my kicks. I, I made my fun there. But I can I bring the fun with me. I can make anything fun. I couldn't make Steinbeck fun. I thought I had the choice to go from this school to that school. I had a couple of choices of which school to go to. I decided Steinbeck Regional because that would be like a big city school because I wanted to go to the city. I wanted to, I'm done with this small town hick shit. It's all very nice. It's all very good. And the people, some of the people are cool. I can go to, uh, you know, Niverville, find cool people there. Lorette, who knows, might have a couple of listeners there who I think are cool. You know what I mean? And I go to a bonfire and I get fucking loaded there. I have myself a great time. But I am a city slicker at heart. I love the small town. I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything. I would have liked to have seen Steinbeck be blown down with a goddamn blowtorch. One building at a time. One person at a time. But I'm a city slicker at heart. And I thought Steinbeck would be like that. But no, it was just the worst of the worst students from each small town all in one building. My getting bullied days were not over. And then my parents went to Paraguay for a month. And my older brother was supposed to watch out for me. Take me to movies. Me and Scott are going to be alone. Oh, totally. We're going to have the house to ourselves. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. He's going to take me out to movies. He's going to take me shopping. We're going to go to the mall. We're going to do all this crazy shit. We didn't do a goddamn thing. He was with his fucking girlfriend the entire time, and they were gallivanting all across the city doing all this cool shit. 
I was sitting at home alone. Lights off. I come home from school. The house is empty. I make myself dinner. Microwave a lasagna. I eat the lasagna. I watch TV until the sun goes down. Then I go to bed. I wake up alone. I make my own thing. I come out. I catch the bus. And I go to a town that I fucking hate. To a school that I fucking hate. Around people that I fucking hate. And I really got a taste of what it's like for kids without parents. Some kids have to do that every day. It is a hell. It is a lonely, lonely hell. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Except for anyone from Steinbeck. Anyways. Enough about Steinbeck. Enough about 9-11. What else is there to talk about? Like I said, though, this is going to be the last podcast with zero uh, preparatory work. Zero preparation. Is preparatory even a goddamn word? Have I been using that wrong the whole time? Preparatory. Preparatory. That's preparatory. Preparatory. It's preparatory. Preparatory. I'm pretty sure it's preparatory. Preparatory. All right. Uh, serving as or carrying out preparation for a task or undertaking. Okay, yeah, so I do need more preparatory work for this podcast. And um, let me tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, man. We're going to do it. You know what I wanted to do? Ralph Waldo Emerson... Uh, universe conspiracy. Yeah, there you go. What's this quote on that? Oh, here we go. Ralph Waldo Emerson had a quote. Once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, the decision has been made. Uh, I am going to be a uh, professional podcaster. I am going to quit my job tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be my last day at work. And I am just going to sit on here and ramble for nine hours a day. And you're going to hear some even more graphic stuff. This is just the tip of the iceberg. All right. When it comes to violent fantasies, sexual fantasies, uh, giant dangling panache lingerie jugs, listen, this is all just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to get banned from the internet. I'm going to do that. I wonder if you could... What, what could get you banned from the internet? I guess a call to violence, hey? I mean, I guess I could start railing off hate speech, but I don't want to do that. Let's Google that. What can ban you from the internet? The 
free speech provisions, First Amendment, primary exception, uh, obscenity, including, uh, you know, uh, CP, if you know what that means, um, which does not enjoy First Amendment protection, which is a travesty. It's called art, okay? Oh, God, I felt I feel bad even making that joke. That's not cool. Let's go into chat GPT. You know what I was thinking, though? I'm going to start workshopping. Workshopping. First of all, I'm going to start being able to speak properly and at a normal room volume. This is really what the podcast should sound like. If I actually was, like, not giving a fuck about what people heard, what my neighbors were hearing, what people outside my bedroom window are hearing, what my landlord, who has clearly bugged my uh, halogen living room lamp, uh, would hear, what I'm sure the CIA is hearing right now. This is my full room speaking voice. This is how it would sound if I had a fucking set of balls. But you notice that every time I talk like this, I'm putting on a little bit of mute on it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to stop soon. I'm going to go into a church and I'm going to do the podcast from there. And I am going to howl. I'm going to scream obscenities. Just to fucking get some of my voice back. But I'm going to start workshopping uh, some of my uh, screenplay ideas because I've got them. I've got ideas. I'm not really a – I mean, I'm a bit of a writer, but I'm more of a big picture guy. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I should call the ball coach back on the podcast. I should have him as a guest right now. That was see. Do you see how my brain is ADD, just fucking riddled? God. Anywho, um, maybe I should start doing guests, but I want to workshop some of my screenplay ideas. I had this idea for a story that I came up with on the lawnmower. Right? You've got this town, and the main source of wealth in this town is the power plant. The power plant, the town is kind of based around this power plant. And in the center of the town are massive towers carrying wires out to the surrounding neighborhoods and such. Now, over the course of about three months to six months, those details are not important at all, but mm, bear with me because uh, you might need them later, which you won't. They build, in the center of this small town, they build uh, a new flux-generating capacity device thing. And it's a big black box. It's a giant black box. And the company doesn't reveal many details, but um, sources from the inside claim that um, it's a revolutionary new way of um, generating power. And um, so they have this uh, big ceremony around it. The whole town comes out. They have like a little mini fair, a little mini festival. And uh, the big event surrounds is when the president of the power plant 
um, flips the switch on it. And he does. He goes, and then the, the generator kicks on. And all you hear is, and it just devolves into a small humming noise. Almost as as if some old bag is, is, is humming a hymn. And the entire town is like, yay! And the president is like, once this uh, source of power takes off, uh, trust me, everyone, every town in the country is going to want one. And uh, let me tell you, we've got some secrets inside there that we don't want to reveal until we get the thing patented. But uh, trust me, uh, we're all going to be very prosperous and very wealthy for this new device. Thanks to our mysterious... Uh, inventor, Doctor Invento, and the town's like, "Fuck yeah, 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 let's fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, that's all yeah, fuck yeah, man, that's what the fuck I'm talking, fuck yeah," and everyone's going crazy. Now here's where things start to get weird. Okay, after about a month or so. Little things in the town start happening that didn't happen before. Seemingly innocuous things, but things that are out of character. For instance, at the local grocery store, um, Mrs. Jones, who was always super friendly, and she would always she she took care of the neighborhood cats. She was a big cat lady, and any stray cat, no matter how uh, gross, no matter how feisty, would always be taken in by Mrs. Jones, because Mrs. Jones had a way with cats, and it seemed like no matter how feral or how out of line these cats were, they always seemed to calm down around Mrs. Jones. She just had that sort of aura about her. She just had a certain vibe where the cats understood her, and she understood the cats. And the kids would come over, and they would play with the cats in the front yard, and Mrs. Jones would quietly sit on the porch, drinking a cup of honey, which all the kids thought was quite strange and mildly off-putting. Mrs. Jones, whose teeth had rotted out long ago, didn't seem to mind, and she chugged glass after glass of thick, thick honey. Anyways, she's at the grocery store, right? And she has never said a crossword to anyone. So she goes, excuse me, do you have... And she goes up to the local grocery boy and the local stalker boy. And this guy's name is Joshua, right? Joshua is the local town, like... He's just a local town sweetheart. He, he's he's just he's he drives his bike. You know what I mean. He rides his bike around. He's the paper boy. Um, he does like little odd jobs, and everyone knows him as a hard worker, and everybody likes him. It's Joshua. Hey Josh. Hey Josh. What's up, Josh? Hey Josh. You want to make a couple extra bucks? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cause I need these bags of grass um, spread out over my lawn. Would you mind doing? Absolutely, Mister Parmawickle. And then that's Josh. And Josh is stocking these shelves, and um, Mrs. Jones comes in, and she goes, Excuse me, can you point me to where your uh, uh, pasteurized milk is? And Josh goes, Um, well, 
Yeah, I think it's an aisle two, but honestly, I think we might have missed a shipment of that. And Mr. Jones goes, you what? You don't have any? My cats are expecting that. He goes, yeah, I really apologize. But like I said, the truck, I don't want to hear your fucking excuses, Josh. And everyone goes quiet at this. They just heard Mrs. Jones swear. And things are getting a little weird. And Josh is like, I'm so, excuse me, Mrs. Jones? I'm, I'm just saying we missed a shipment. She goes, yeah, 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 shut the fuck. Where's your honey? And he goes, our what? Our fucking honey. Are you fucking retarded or what? Perk your fucking ears up, you little asshole. I want some fucking honey. You don't have the milk. I came in here for the goddamn milk. So now my cats are going to go hungry. I feel like having a glass of honey to take the fucking edge off. And where is it? Do you have it or don't you have it? It's a yes or it's a no fucking answer, Josh. And Josh, everyone in the store is now looking at Mrs. Jones. And finally, the grocery store manager, Sharon, comes up. Mrs. Jones, is everything okay? Shut up, you fat cunt. No one's fucking talking to you. I'm talking to Josh. He's about to explain to me if his fucking retard ass has any fucking honey or if it doesn't. And now this is where everyone gets kind of what is going on. It was so out of character for Mrs. Jones, the honey-chugging cat lady, to do this. Something weird must be happening in this town. But no one really puts two and two together. Until we hear the story of Dale. Now, Dale... Dale's a guy. He's a dude. And he's not necessarily, um, he's not the brightest guy, but he, he is nice. This whole town used to pitch in together. All right. And Dale's whole thing was he, um, him and his wife, Dale and Barb. Dale and Barb used to plan the neighborhood flea market. And um, th- anyways, long story short, Dale hits Barb. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, you get the point. Weird shit's starting to happen. Anyways, Dale hits around Barb. And Barb's like, she goes into the hospital with like a swollen face. But this was a couple that was truly in love. You know? They were like the all-star couple. I should have set that up better. I'll set it up better when I write the motherfucker. But anyways, Dale beats the shit out of Barb. Okay? And then um, there's like this... Okay, maybe I'll get into this one. Yeah, I'll get into this one. Okay? There's also the tale of... Uh, James and Joan. <laughs> James and Joan, okay? Um, Robinson. James Robinson and Joan Robinson, okay? And now they are the town uh, religious uh, evangelicals, right? And they are a true... They're not one of these fake 
Christian couples. They're not trying to convert everyone. Literally, their entire purpose in, in this in this life is to help other people and to remain pious. Pious. See what that word actually means? Because I use that word all the time. I have no fucking idea what that means. Pious. Devoutly religious? Pious. 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 Okay. Uh, making a hypocritical display of virtue. Uh, of a hope sincere but unlikely to be fulfilled. Pious. Yeah, that's not really what I want. But anyways, their whole thing is they always help people. And they're just the sweetest couple. The sweetest religious couple. And and they're devoutly religious. One might even call them... Pious. And the thing is, they're so in love. They've got three wonderful kids... Um, one of them is headed towards being valedictorian. Um, she's in her graduating class. Uh, the other one is uh, an all-star on his peewee baseball team. And the other one is a small tyke who's just always seen jumping on the trampoline. She loves the trampoline. And James and Joan sit on their front porch usually and watch their um, beautiful children jumping on the trampoline with the sun in the background. Only now the sun is hidden about half an hour earlier every night because the sun does not set behind the earth as it once used to, but now sets behind the giant black monolith of a generator hooked up by this power company. And soon we see James taking an interest not only in the studies of his young daughter, the valedictorian, but also the studies of her best friend, a 17-year-old girl named Madison. And I think we all know where this is headed. James succumbs to his lust and, and convinces this underaged girl to have an affair with him. And the town finds out and consistently, out of character, stuff like this keeps happening. Until Josh shoots up the school, and and uh, uh, Mrs. Jones is sucking dick for honey, all right? And, and uh, James and Jones' kids end up killing them, right? And the whole town devolves into depravity, violence, and... Sin. Until under mysterious circumstances, one day everyone wakes up and the black generator by this power company has been removed until further testing can be completed. And suddenly the entire town becomes aware of what had happened, what had transpired over the past five months and the entire town is cast into deep shame and people try to pretend like it was since the generator left it's just like old times but it will never be like old times James and Joan got a divorce or were they killed by their kids? I don't know. But they got divorced anyway. 
Dale and Barb, they never got back together. Mrs. Jones, she was never the same. She died of diabetes. Josh went to jail for a bit, but he, um, luckily when he shot up the school, he literally just shot up the school, just the building. He didn't shoot any kids. He would, Josh is cool. Josh is cool. He was just having a tough time, but he'll be back. But not in this town. Not in this town. Oh, God. So that's my script idea. And I'm going to call it The Sopranos. That's what I'm going to call it. Because that's what the generator does. It makes everyone sing really high. What is a soprano? Soprano voice. Here's Contralto. Mariah Carey, let me tell you something about Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey is still the greatest of all time. Truly a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Kicks the shit out of Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, Alicia Keys ain't shit. Mariah Carey is still the best. She's still great, and I don't care how gay that makes me. Mariah Carey rules. She's truly, truly great. And I am truly, truly gay. And I don't care. Because God damn it, she can sing. She hits those high notes. Sounds like a dog. That's how good her voice is. Her voice is so good. It's like, you sound like a dog. <laughs> She's really good. Maybe she'll do a, uh, when, when my script of the town and the generator turn into something and get do an emotion, uh, you know, uh, turn into uh, a motion picture. She'll be able to sing. Let's see what a uh, Contralto C3 sounds like. C5. Not feeling it. Let's see what Soprano EB5 sounds like. Some Chinese lady just fucking crooning. Oh, to the low notes, yeah. No fuck, I could do that. Anywho, that's my singing lesson for the day. Okay. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, di, Let's see what's in the news today. Canada stalls on trade pact. Let's see. Um, Mendocino's lying. 
Paul Bernardo got transferred. Uh, Paul Bernardo put back in his maximum security cage. Uh, Kelowna man accused of accosting child at track meet. He denies it. BC man banned from school events after he wrongly suggested girl nine was transgender. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Winnipeg police searching for a sub suspect and stabbing a 14-year-old boy. Oh, boy. Wildfires. I got to tell you, um, I don't like that uh, The pretty much Canada is burning down right now because of these... Um, uh, I got to turn off this news. I just got distracted at this like group of dogs that killed a thing. Woman's angry. Uh, get out of here. Fuck the news sucks. I don't like that the... Um, you know, that half the country's burning right now. I don't like it. But I gotta tell you, I don't mind this smoke. It takes the edge off. You know what I mean? I like it. Because I'm a darter. And I like things gray. I like things stained. I like things uh, yellow. And gross. And reeking of smoke. Um, I really do. I'm not lying. It, uh, I like it. It's cool. In the evening and in the morning, you look at the sun, and it's red, and you can look right at it. You can look right at the sun. It's not often that you can do that. And it smells good. Burnt shit smells good. I like it. And it's not as hot out. And, um... You know, it's not as bright. You know, you can kind of see. It's like uh, things are overcast, but they're not. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not that scared of a nuclear holocaust anymore. I'm really not. Or a nuclear winter. I don't want to die in the, holo the nuclear holocaust. But, um, if they, I mean, if this is... If this is what the sky is going to look like in 50 years from pollution and, and nukes, um, I'm fine with it, honestly. I have no complaints. I kind of like it. I'm not too opposed to it. I can get used to this, you know, but I'm a smoker, so I can handle this. People with fresh pink lungs, they're dying right now. Like, oh, this air quality is so bad. And I'm like, yeah, well, you might just be a pussy. All right, maybe you should have darted. Maybe you should have tried being cool once in your life. You wouldn't have a problem with this amount of smoke. This amount of smoke is nothing. Are you kidding me? Should have seen the inside of my Chevrolet Cavalier back in the day. Whew. Talk about your nuclear holocausts. Now... And that's pretty much it for the podcast today. It's been rambling. It's been a rambling affair. What was that show called? There was a show. One of my favorite lines that I ever said from my parents. They still talk about it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, There's a show. It was kind of like in the 90s. Late 80s, early 90s, they had uh, these, like, kind of shock news programs 
or they would bring you stories. Like, remember, like, hard copy? And, like, uh, you know, it was kind of like Dateline, but not really. No, it was kind of Dateline. 2020. I remember seeing some of the most violent shit on 2020 back in the day. We sent this decoy to find out how bad the streets really are. And this guy's just getting his ass kicked. And he's like, stop it. Stop, please. Oh, God. And they're just like, Whoosh. give me your fucking money. And I was like six years old. And this was on at like 9 p.m. Terrified. Terrified me as a kid. Fucking hor- horrific. They had this like special on 2020. It was like night terrors. And it was just like. We set up secret cameras to catch a night terror in action. And it's this, it's this guy just flopping around in bed. He's like, ah, ah, And my mom was like, what, Tyler, what are you watching? And I'm like, I don't know. Scared the shit out of me. It was not appropriate for kids. But, but one of these shows, hard copy style, was a current affair. And um, back in the day... One of my big lines that I ever said to my parents was, quick, call 911. Call a current affair. I was like four years old, and they were like, they thought it was so cute. And it was one of my first big pops as a child. And this is the theme song. Let's hear it. Let's see if it holds up. As a boy, this would be this pretty scary stuff. That's why the news scares me. This is some of the hard copy theme. Hard copy was like like intense shit. That's less intimidating. That's less scary. Hard coffee was crazy, though. We go into the world of fucking street fighting. Yeah, I got four teeth knocked out, and uh, I don't know. I just do this because I love it. And then they would just have some guy. I'm like eight years old. Like, Dad, what is this? He's like, quiet. But like I said, we've got big things in store for the podcast. Um, this is going to be the last episode without preparation. Next week, we're gonna, we are gonna—we got some bits lined up. Maybe a guest? Probably not. I don't want to listen to anyone else. It's just me. But we got some things in the pipeline. It's going to be some rambling. Who knows? Give me your feedback. If you're listening, let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you want. I'll do it for you, Daddy. Oh, God. The gay reference is... is, 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 Maybe I am gay. I wish I found men attractive so I could could just put a bow on it. 
Like, I'm dropping way too many gay rats. I'm still, like, questioning it. Like, am I gay? But every time I see Panache-style lingerie giant D-plus jugs, I'm like, I I am clearly definitively not. (laughs) Anyways, um, that is the podcast. Uh, You guys have been great. Shout out to... um, I shouted out Biosteel Energy Drinks last weekend. I think we should... Shout out. What have I been eating lately? Oh, man. Well, here's the thing. Safeway Deli Bar is fine, but their sandwiches, the prices of their sandwich is fucking ridiculous. They're charging $5.49 for an egg salad sandwich now. Egg salad sandwiches. I could buy a loaf of bread for 4 bucks. Get a carton of eggs for fucking, you know, four bucks. With taxes, I'm ten bucks deep. Now I've got ten sandwiches. You know, what are we fucking doing here? But, I will say this. Make me a sandwich that I can't make on my own. And one of them that they make at the Safeway Deli Bar is chicken salad on a croissant. And people need to start putting everything on croissants. Man, fuck, that's what I'm going to have this weekend. Sausage breakfast sandwich on a croissant. Tim Hortons is doing it now, and a bunch of other people are doing it. But the OGs, the original of that invention, is from a restaurant I've shit on time and time again. But this they fucking nailed. Uh, Burger King. Burger King did that first. They were on sausage, egg, croissant. Their hash browns were tater tots. Actually, pretty good breakfast menu from Burger I gotta say. Plus, they were one of the only restaurants where you could go there in the morning and be like, yeah, I'll get a double Whopper. <laughs> and they would make it for you. I've done that. I've had a Whopper at fucking, you know, 8 in the morning. And they were like, you want a Whopper? And I was like, yes, please. They're like, okay. Um, it's 8 in the morning. Uh, just to clarify, you want a Whopper. I'm like, yes, please, with cheese. Okay. Um, Okay. And they have to make you a Whopper. That's the law. So shout out to uh, croissants, really. That's the crux of the Burger King really had their, they had a couple of, they had a sourdough chicken burger. It's a special sourdough bread. I'm like, oh, wow. But uh, they actually, um, it was a great chicken burger. It was good. And they had, of course, they had their uh, crispy chicken sandwich. They had their, um, uh, they had their chicken club. They had a chicken club one time. And I went to, and I'm going to fucking name names here. I went to the Burger King at the corner of uh, River and Donald Confusion Corner Burger King. And I walked in there one time. And that place is a notorious piece of shit fucking septic tank of a restaurant. That place fucking blows. But on this occasion, I went in there. I got a chicken club and I got a Whopper, right? I just, I don't get the fries. I get two burgers and a drink. Usually diet because I'm trying to lose weight. So I get my meal. I come home. I eat the Whopper. It's okay. Solid six out of ten. That's a classic Whopper for you. Whoppers are always a six. You're never, no one's finding an 8 out of 10 Whopper anymore. That's impossible. 
All right. If you're objective, a whopper will hit six, maybe 6.5, possible seven if they knock it out of the park. But a seven is the ceiling of a whopper. But I ate it. It was a six whopper. Hey, not too bad. Took a sip of my Coke Zero, washed it down, opened the chicken club, bit into it. And it's not like it was, it wasn't frozen. It wasn't raw. It was hot. It wasn't a brick. It was soft. But it was so tough, I could not bite through the chicken. I couldn't bite through the chicken. It, it had just, like, solidified to the point where I couldn't bite through the chicken. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't return it. I didn't call them. I didn't do anything. I just put the chicken club back in the wrapper. I put the wrapper back in the bag. I put the bag in the garbage, and I never spoke of it again until right now. Let me tell you. Some chicken clubs you don't forget. And that was one of them. Shout out to the band Low Life. Oh, the crows are out and about. Good. The band Low Life. And I'm not talking about Winnipeg band. There's a Winnipeg there's a band from Winnipeg called Low Life who for some fucking reason named their band Low Life, even though the Australian Low Life, the true Low Life, is a fantastic band, really holistically, you know, really that everyone should know by now. There's no fucking reason to name your band Low Life. It's like me starting a metal band and being like, oh, you, man, I just came up with a band name. Okay, here's the thing, right? We we went to church a couple of times, but now we're like against it. But we'll be ironic with it. So I'm thinking we name our band, our metal band from Altona, will be called Lamb of God. Oh. No, you should know that that's a band name. That band name's taken. Low Life from Winnipeg. Okay? I don't know if you've ever gotten around to listening to music before, but this Low Life from Australia fucking rules. And you should have respect for them enough not to name your band and try to take away from them. There's plenty of... Come up with some words. Did you not Google Low Life when you came up with that band name? You should be Googling what you come up with to make sure that there isn't a major punk band with the same goddamn name. Anyways, sorry. Could have just been an innocent mistake, but it blows my mind that you actually call yourself Low Life and have never actually heard of The Low Life. The Low Life is from Australia. And, uh, man, they just come up with some post-punky bangers. Um, should we listen? Should we listen? No, you don't? No? No, we shouldn't? We shouldn't listen to... Let's do the pits. Just the opening riff. It's really good. Yeah. 
favorite line coming up right here. Listen to that band whenever you get a chance, because that band was my band. Their first CD, CD, their first album, record, vinyl. It's got a better sound to it, okay? It's way warmer. Um, Their first album called Dogging was my absolute fucking anthem when I was... um, Working at the Canada Revenue Agency, doing cocaine and Percocets on the weekend and pretending like I was doing taxes during the week. Namely the song Speedball. Then their second album, entitled Downer Eden, was my anthem... Well, realistically, both that one and their newest one from Squats to Lots, The Agony and Ecstasy of Low Life have been my anthems for many a year now. God damn it, I love that band. So shout out to Low Life for just being just brilliant at what the fuck it is you do. Really the best. People talk about Ice Age and how they're like this great band. Oh, Ice Age fucking rules. They're too quirky. They're too fucking smart. They're too up their own fucking ass. Low Life keeps it real. All right, Low Life keeps it grounded. You know, it's another good band, Diet. Diet. If you like low life, you love Diet. D I A T. Umlaut over the A. I don't know where they're from. Maybe Germany. I don't fucking know. But they're also really good. Also, Institute. Good band. Good bands. Good bands. Good summertime listening. If you're on a bike, try out some of this shit. <clears throat> or keep listening to the mainstream like you always do, sheep. And last but not least, shout out to I think I've shouted out Michael Green on the show. Michael Green gave me a nice local bag legend. Local legend Mike Green gave me a shout out. Shout out to his girlfriend, Chloe. Chloe gives me warm wishes about the podcast. She's always a friendly face. She's always smiling. And I don't think she's faking it. I really don't. I think she's a genuine article. I really think she is that happy. You know? Of course, I can't say that. I don't know her that well. She might be at home cutting herself with half a tin can right now. But I doubt she is. She's probably at home laughing and enjoying life. In fact, I think she lives with Mike now. So they're really happy. They posted some Instagram stories about them on their balcony eating hummus together on a date night. Let me tell you both, nobody wants to see that, okay? Keep that shit to yourself. You've got a... Mike lives on top of a soup kitchen, all right, where there are homeless people. Literally, he's got this expensive condo, and literally 10 feet down on the street, there are homeless people in a Royal Rumble with, like, another group of homeless people trying to defecate on them, all right? There's people fucking on the sidewalk, and just throwing condoms at passing by cars. It is absolute Amsterdam on his block. But his condo is super nice. So if you think, Mike, that we want to see pictures of you and Chloe's date night. Where you're sharing uh, some 
pita bread and some tzatziki and a shrimp ring. Yeah, maybe it would take one picture of that, but then film those two homeless guys about to curb stomp that other homeless guy. I want to see pictures of that. Why aren't you taking video of that? Start a goddamn TikTok channel. It'll be called Bum Fights, but, like, you're not paying them. They're just doing it for free, and you're just, I'm just watching it, so no one can, you know, you're not morally responsible. Um, You're just, you know, this is happening. Because he's seen some shit, let me tell you. Mike Green, from his luxury condo, pointed down at this church slash homeless shelter and is just seeing absolutely outrageous antics of people less fortunate than us who have severe mental problems. And while it is sad to see, it makes for fantastic content. It really does. Anytime there's a, a fight or drama, it doesn't matter who it is, it's good content. Who's not going to watch that? I'm going to watch it every time. I don't care what your income bracket is. If you're arguing about anything, I'm all ears. 109.11. I caught it again. Weird. Fuck, dude. We were 1 minute, 9 seconds, and 11 seconds. 1 hour, 9 minutes, and 11 seconds into the podcast. Man, that's weird, hey? Isn't that crazy? You ever see, you ever look at a dollar bill, man? It's fucked. Oh. You know, when you Google 9-11 conspiracies, it just links you... It links you to a site that... Um, just debunks them all. Wikipedia, 9-11 Conspiracy Theories, Council on Foreign Relations, Seven Resources Debunking 9-11 Conspiracy Theories, Anti-Defamation League, Anti-Semitic Conspiracies About 9-11 Endure 20 Years Later, JSTOR, 9-11 Conspiracy Theories, History, The Biggest 9-11 Conspiracy Theories Debunked, Loose Change, How a 9-11 Conspiracy Video Bent Reality. Loose Change was awesome. I watched that, and I fucking bought every word of it. Loose Change. Is that on here? They don't even have Loose Change. Loose Change was a documentary just made by some guy. Oh, yeah, loose change, final cut. Loose change, final cut. Although the 9-11 Commission report had been published over two years prior, many Americans and citizens worldwide remained convinced that the truth was being withheld from the public. Yeah, it was. watch this whole thing man and I watched Zeitgeist there were a couple of uh... Zeitgeist came out in 2014 and that one was another one they were all like kind of Alex Jones style fucking um, uh, you know 
whatever. Like, man, something's funny. Something's kind of weird. Begin to see lies everywhere. You have to know the truth and seek the truth, and the truth will set you free. Maybe watching those films is why I'm so fucking retarded. Who knows? Hard to say. What was a different one I watched? There was that one. Um, if I had to recommend a movie for you right now, it'd be Alex Jones' Five Hour Complex. You, you gotta go to the YouTube channel, Vile Monkey. Okay. And then it's the title is Five Hour Paranoid Paranoia Fest. All you need to know about Alex Jones. And it is just Alex Jones for five hours. And he's completely taken out of context. I'm the weirdo because I'm sitting in the tree going. <laughs> A chimpanzee can't talk. So they just go. You understand that? See, I'm normal. You're not normal. <laughs> you know, and it's five hours of shit like that. So if you ever have five hours to kill, just have it on in the background. I've fallen asleep to it. It's really top tier content. It really is. And you know what? You just you might just learn something. Hmm? You might see that there are lies all around you. You're being lied to. This is all simulation, man. We're in GTA right now. We're NPCs in GTA. And these uh, school shooters, they're actually uh, main characters. Maybe. Maybe not. Who's to say? Anyways, that's the podcast. Next week I'm going to... Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Ah! Next week is going to be crazy. It might be the, It's either going to be the worst episode or the best episode. Or it'll just be a normal episode. It's, but it's going to be one of those three. But I'm going to do some prep work. I got some bits. I'm going to start trying out bits. I want to write, you know? And I'm going to write these little letters. I'm going to read them out. I'm going to write little screenplays. We're going to read them out. It's time to start having fun. I can't assume that I'm good enough to just come on here and be like, I'll just shoot this shit for an hour. That'll fucking crash. Oh, fuck. I'm shitting out gold out this bitch. Man, I'm just that talented. You're You're not. You're not that fucking talented, okay? I'm sorry. Hate to break it to you, Tyler. You ain't got that. You're not that naturally talented. You can just come out here, take a giant fucking deuce on the mic, and think that somehow uh, people are just going to love it. Oh, God. More words, please, Tyler. This is incredible content. Yeah, that fucking three minutes of dead air really hit the spot, eh? You have to work, you fucking jackass. Get off your lazy fucking ass and get to work. You have to put the work in. It's that fucking simple. What does Emerson say about work? What does Emerson say about work? Ralph Waldo Emerson work quote. Without ambition, one starts nothing. Without work, one finishes nothing. The prize will not be sent to you. You have to win it. Emerson. My dear friend. My teacher. My guide. My lover. 
my slave, my gay love slave. Anyways, you guys have been fantastic. I'll see you guys next time. And, uh, you know, you, you know what else is in the news? Uh, breaking news. I love you. I love you. It's true. Do you know that? Do you understand that? And when I go to bed, I think about you. When I'm on the lawnmower, I'm mowing lawns. Just mowing over garbage. Giant bags, full bags of chips. I'm mowing them over. Chips blowing into the wind. Animals choking on them. I'm thinking of you. And how much I love you. I hope you know that. Of course, you can never really know that. You can't know if someone loves you. You have to trust that they love you. And I hope you trust that I love you. Because let me tell you, one day, you're going to know. You're going to know how much I love you. But by that time, it won't matter. Because we'll both be dead. And that's okay, too. Anyways, I love you. And I'll see you in hell. I'm